The hit Broadway musical Les Miserables has a lot more in common with the gospel of Jesus Christ than probably many people think. The gospel according to Les Mis. This uh, is probably my favorite story of all time. Uh, when I first saw this uh, musical, uh, when I was a teenager, I was absolutely captured. I bought the uh, cassette tape, because that was the era, and I memorized all the songs. I loved it. I, I remember even, um, like, as the different stages of my life happened, songs from this musical would come to my mind. I remember when I was single and alone, and um, the, the song On My Own would come to mind, and I would sing it to myself and feel really like a loser. Um, so <laughs> so I, this has been a very meaningful uh, 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 musical for me. And today, we're going to look at three characters uh, from the musical. Go ahead and advance the slides, Sierra. Three uh, characters from the musical, judges, takers, and givers. That's what we're going to look at. And we're going to see um, how the gospel uh, works in this particular story. Here's the truth. Life is hard. Uh, and because life is hard, we all naturally become judges or takers. That's the natural course of human existence. Life becomes difficult and so we sit in self-righteous condemnation of other jerks and losers who make our lives miserable and we judge those people or we become takers and we become self-serving. That is the natural course I believe of life. Because life is hard we become self-righteous or we become self-serving people. That's just how it is. But today we're going to take a look and see how the gospel moves us to become not judgers, not takers, but givers. And we're going to look at these three characters. So that's the plan for today. The first one is judgers. Judgers. This is Javert. He's the police inspector in the story. He believes in right and wrong, good and evil. He probably goes to church. The guilty must be punished, and the guilty are, never stop being guilty. This is his perspective. Now, in one section of the play, it's called Confrontation. And um, what happens is this guy here, Jean Valjean, uh, uh, has escaped. And he's, uh, he's, he's he, um, let me just get a little background here. He, he was in prison for a long time, but then he, um, when you get out of prison in that scenario, you have to wear this sh uh, badge of shame. And basically, yeah, you're out of prison, but nobody in their right mind will hire you, right? And so uh, what he ends up doing is he ends up ripping up that badge of shame. And uh, that's, a, that's a criminal offense. And so Javert tries to track him down for years. He chases him down, chases him down, chases him down. And finally, Javert finds Jean Valjean and he goes to arrest him. But meanwhile, Jean Valjean's life has completely changed. He's not the man he used to be at all. He's totally changed. And he has this mission to rescue this orphan girl. And, and this confrontation happens. And you get a sense of Javert here in confrontation. And it's this. Before you say another word, Javert, before you chain me up like a slave again, listen to me, there's something I must do. 
This woman leaves behind a suffering child. There's none but me who can intercede. In mercy's name, three days are all I need. Then I'll return. I pledge my word. Then I will return. And Javert says this. You must think me mad. I've hunted you across the years. Men like you can never change. A man such as you. And then they kind of go back and forth. And Jean Valjean says, believe of me what you will. And Javert says, men like you can never change. And Jean Valjean says, there's a duty that I'm sworn to do. And Javert says, men like you can never change. You know nothing of my life, says Jean Valjean. And Javert says, no, 24601, that's his prison number. Javert is like, I know all about your life. You're a criminal. All I did was steal some bread. And Javert says, my duty's to the law. I don't care about your story. You know nothing of the world. You have no rights. You would sooner see me dead. Come with me. 24601. Uh, Jean Valjean overpowers Javert and escapes. But you can get a sense of Javert's, like, you're guilty. You're always guilty. I'm always going to sit in self-righteous condemnation of you. And so uh, the, 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 the show goes on. And uh, later on, in the, right towards getting closer to the end of the musical, the tables turn and John has a chance. Jean Valjean has a chance to kill Javert. He's captured in the rebellion and it's given to Jean Valjean to shoot and kill Javert. But he doesn't. And he, he lets him go. He gives Javert the gift of grace and forgiveness. And so this is the song called Suicide. And this is Javert. He can't quite understand what has happened, and this is what he says. Who is this man? What sort of devil is he to have me caught in a trap and choose to let me go free? It was his hour at last to put a seal on my fate, wipe out the past, and wash me clean off the slate. All it would have taken took was a flick of his knife. Vengeance was his, and he gave me back my life. You think, oh, that's wonderful, but he can't. He can't grasp the idea of grace and forgiveness. And so he says this, Damned if I'll live in the dead of a thief. Damned if I'll yield at the end of the chase. I am the law and the law is not mocked. I'll spit his pity right back in his face. There's nothing on earth we share. I'm the righteous one. He's the criminal. It is either Valjean or Javert. And my thoughts fly apart. Can this man be believed? Shall his sins be forgiven? Shall his crimes be reprieved? And must I now doubt, who never doubted all these years, my heart is stone and still it trembles. The world I have known is lost in shadow. Is he from heaven or is he from hell? And does he know? that granting me my life today, this man has killed me, even so. I am reaching, but I fall. And the stars are black and cold as I stare into the void of a world that cannot hold. I'll escape now from this world, this world of Jean Valjean. There is nowhere I can turn. There is no way to go on. And he jumps off the bridge and commits suicide. Javert, at his heart, was a judger. And those who sin must pay the price. 
And that is an illustration of so many people in this world who fall into that category of judgers. He sat in self-righteous condemnation of the wicked. That was his thing. And when the wicked did the righteous thing, he could not grasp it. What, are, what, are, what is a judger like in our world today? What is someone who would fall under that category? What would describe them? Go ahead. Okay, so there's a, a posture of arrogance. What else? Yes, okay. Okay, so there's some of this extreme social justice warriors. Somebody makes a, perhaps even a humorous comment or something, and then, and then there's this self-righteous judgment freak out kind of thing going on, okay? Yep, go ahead. Well, I think the, the point is, for, for, I think what I'm drawing from that is that uh, a judge or person doesn't, forgiveness is not part of their equation, right? That's it. You're guilty, that's it. And that's what a judger is like. And so, um, overly critical, I would say, is an example of a judger. Or someone who is often complaining. That could be a sign that you're a judger. Uh, someone who's often disgusted with people. Someone who has disdain for people. Someone who's unforgiving, as was mentioned. Somebody who's into holding grudges. Someone who's blaming. Those are the judges of this world today. And it's not the right way to live. And I think it can feel noble sometimes, right? If you're, you know, battling those wicked people, whoever they might be, you might feel like you're doing noble work or you are doing good work. But if the vision of your life is Javert and you are simply a judger, that is no life to live. There has to be a better way. Now the second person we're looking at is the Thenardiers. These are the takers, the Thenardiers. Life for them is summarized by the phrase, what's yours is mine, and I'm going to try to take it if I can. Those are the takers. What's yours is mine, and I'm going to try to take it if I can. Uh, people are opportunities for personal gain. And in the story, the, the, the little orphan that Jean Valjean is trying to rescue, her name is, do you know? Her name is Cosette. And before Cosette's mom died, she had to work in a factory, and she had to pay the Thenardiers to take care of Cosette. And uh, they extorted her. She didn't have the money, but they made her pay anyway. And, and, and finally, Jean Valjean wants to rescue Cosette. And so he goes to the Thenardier's house and says, I, I'm going to uh, pay, pay and I'll take Cosette off your hands. And it's this song uh, called the Thenardier Waltz. In the first section of the song, they're like, oh, Cosette, we love her. She's like a daughter to us, so it's going to be very expensive for us to give her to you. And so they agree upon a price, and then they say, well, wait, wait. you know, she's been very sick, and medicines are expensive, my dear, and so it's going to cost you more. And so they keep going back and forth and keep bumping up the price because they're just takers. It's what they do. And so finally we get to the final... Um, the final line of the Thenardier waltz, and she says, 
they say this, one thing more, one small doubt, there are treacherous people about. No offense, please reflect, your intentions may not be correct. Um, and so they're like, that's going to cost you because you might be one of those creeps. So we're gonna, you're going to have to spend some more money. And then uh, Jean Valjean finally says, no more words. Here's your price, 1500 for your sacrifice. Come, Cosette, say goodbye. Let us seek out a friendlier sky. Thank you both for Cosette. It won't take you too long to forget. And, uh, and then he takes her away. And so that's what happens there. And so, uh, now, um, let's see, at the, uh, then the, the show goes on. At the end, there's another um, song called Dog Eat Dog. This is after the rebels have lost, and so there's bodies, dead people in the street, and out come the Thenardiers, and uh, they're they're cleaning off the boys, right? So uh, they say this, um, here's a... Here's a tasty ring, pretty little thing, wouldn't want to waste it, it would really be a crime. Thank you, sir, I'm in your debt. Here's another toy, take it off the boy, his heart's no longer going, and he's lived his little time, but his watch is ticking yet. Well, someone's got to clean them up, my friends, before the little harvest disappears into the mud. Someone's got to collect their odds and ends when the gutters run with blood. It's a world where the dog eats the dog, and they kill for the bones in the street. And God in his heaven, he don't interfere because he's dead as the stiffs at my feet. I raise my eyes to see the heavens and only the moon shines down. The harvest moon shines down. And that's their perspective in life. It doesn't really matter. God is dead. People are tools for my benefit and so I will take with life. And life is hard and lots of people become essentially that. They become takers. What is a taker like in our world today? What do you think? Go ahead. Okay, using you for your own self gain. What else? You see takers in this world. What are some descriptors of these kinds of people? Right, right. Okay, so they use people and love things. It's supposed to be the other way around love people and use things. Yep. What else? Go ahead. Right, right. The takers can come right into your home through your, your computer yeah. screen or your tablet, yeah. for sure. Cheap? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think maybe, yeah, if you're trying to discern whether someone is a taker or not, you can probably look and see how generous they are. And if they're not very generous, chances are they could be a taker. It's a good observation. Go. Okay. Yeah, there is sort of a, sometimes a mentality, sort of an entitled mentality. Everybody owes me everything. I think that would be a person that would fall in the taker category. The first rule of takers. Okay, right. So they, they don't have a lot of their own skin in the game. They're always figuring out how to get other people's money. Go ahead. Um, minimal, minimal work. That's a good observation as well. Yeah. I think, I think that is, that's a good observation though, Sierra, that, that yeah, a taker is sometimes probably going to be maybe someone who is inclined to be a, a little more lazy. Laissez-faire. Um, Laissez-faire, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. 
I think also a taker is somebody who doesn't have any problem bending the truth a little bit. Um, taking advantage of people. That's not really a, a, a judger or a taker. Neither of these are the ways we should live. Do we all agree with that? When we look at the life of a judger, someone who sits in self-righteous condemnation of other people, who's arrogant, who puts people down, who's constantly complaining, a, a, a taker who's using people, who, who's trying to bend the truth to try to maximize their own benefits, someone who's living with an entitled mentality. I think all of us would agree that uh, being, living the life of a judger or a taker is not the way it should be, right? Regardless of our worldview. But even whether we believe in God or not, we're, we're like... Mm. Something's not right here. Well, this, this, is the, this is the point. This is exactly the point that I'm making. Because life is hard, all of us end up in the category of judger or taker or bits of both. This is the natural flow of humanity. We head in the direction of taker and judger. All of us. All of us do this. And so the question is, what can we do about this? Because I think we'd all agree that if we are takers and judgers with our lives, our souls shrivel up. Our lives become small. And so how do we get to the place in life where our, the characteristics of our life are not a judger, not a taker, but a giver? And that's the third one that we're looking at today. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I think so. Okay, so she's suggesting that there's another category of people, and those are the category of people that just don't give a damn. <laughs> well, I, I think that's accurate. I think if you burrowed into those people who just don't care, you would, you would, you, you, you would probably maybe put them in a subcategory under judgers, right? Because I just, I don't, you're, but, but in any case, a third, a third category, fine, we'll put it in there. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. For, for, for our purposes today, the question is, how do we get into this category of person known as the giver? The giver. This is the Jean Valjean story. And his salvation story is fascinating. He was a prisoner. He was 18 years in prison. And that hardened him and jaded him. And he got out and he realized that he had this shame badge and that he would never get a job. He would never be able to be successful. And so he stumbles in the dead of night in a cold storm and he shows up at a priest's house. And this priest sees the shame badge, knows this guy's a convicted criminal, and invites him in anyway and gives him rest for the night. But at that stage in Jean Valjean's life, he's bitter and angry and realizes that he's never going to be successful because of this shame badge. And so what he decides to do is rob the priest. And so in the middle of the night, he makes his escape. He grabs the, uh, the silver candlesticks, I think. And, um, and the priest hurt, he, like, kind of gets up in the night because he hears some noise. And Jean Valjean uh, strikes the priest and knocks him out and runs off with the, with the silver candlesticks. Javert waiting in the weeds because he knows that Jean Valjean is a criminal. And so Javert arrests Jean Valjean and brings Jean Valjean back to the priest to say, is this the man that stole your stuff? Because we found it in his bag. And the priest at that moment has an opportunity to condemn a guilty man, which is, would have been well within his right, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Absolutely it would have been. And the priest instead says, Ah, my friend, Jean Valjean, you were in such a hurry to leave. 
that you forgot to take the silver cutlery as well as the candlesticks and he gives Jean Valjean even more silver. And Javert knows that Jean Valjean is guilty but the man will not condemn him and so Javert leaves and the priest pulls Jean Valjean aside and he whispers in his ear, I have bought your soul for God. Now go and live for God. And that is Jean Valjean's salvation moment. He's changed forever as a result of that moment of grace by the priest. And Jean Valjean goes on to become this incredible person. He becomes the mayor of a town. He becomes the owner of a business. He's helping people. He's giving money to, to people who need it. And then when this crisis happens with Cosette, he, 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 he's running for his life, but he doesn't worry about his life. He worries about Cosette. And he goes and he purchases her freedom and he raises her like his own daughter and loves her deeply. And then when she falls in love with this guy named Marius and Marius gets in trouble with the rebels, he goes and risks his his life again to save not only Cosette but also Cosette's friend. And he lives this giving life. How does he get there? Well, this is the song, Who Am I? Who Am I? At this stage in the play, Javert. Javert thinks he's captured Jean Valjean. But it's not Jean Valjean. It is Jean Valjean's doppelganger. It's Jean Valjean's exact lookalike. And Javert thinks he's captured Jean Valjean, but he hasn't. He's captured an innocent man. And Jean Valjean realizes that after all these years, if he just lets Javert arrests this guy who looks like him. He will be free forever from this crazy man who keeps chasing him and trying to throw him in jail. And so here is a moment of truth for Jean Valjean. He says this, He thought that man was me. Without a second glance, that stranger he has found, this man could be my chance. Why should I save his hide? Why should I right this wrong when I have come so far and struggled for so long? If I speak... I am condemned. If I stay silent, I am damned. I'm the master of hundreds of workers. They all look to me. How can I abandon them? How would they live if I am not free? If I speak, I am condemned. If I stay silent, I am damned. Can I condemn this man to slavery, pretend I do not see his agony? This innocent who wears my face, who goes to judgment in my place, who am I? Can I conceal myself forevermore? Pretend I'm not the man I was before? And must my name until I die be no more than an alibi? Must I lie? Can I ever face my fellow man? Can I ever face myself again? My soul belongs to God. I know. I made that bargain long ago. He gave me hope when hope was gone. He gave me strength to journey on. Who am I? Who am I? I'm Jean Valjean. And so then he goes and he, he explodes out and he confesses to Javert, this man is the innocent man. I'm the guilty one. I'm the one you seek for. And he, again, attempt, gives up his life for an innocent person. That's what he does. And so 
Jean Valjean's ability to give, and this is the big idea that I'm trying to communicate, Jean Valjean's big, big ability to give and become a giver is because it, his life is connected to a story that he believes and loves, a story that's all about giving. The stories we believe shape the lives that we live, and Jean Valjean had this story, this story of loving God and loving others. That was the vision of his life. And so he could not condemn another man for his own benefit as takers would do. He gave himself up. And then at the end of the play, this is the finale, Jean Valjean says, forgive me all my trespasses and take me to your glory. He's praying to God. And Fantine, that is Cosette's uh, biological mom who, who's, who's dead. She's coming down from heaven. And, and Eponine is also another one who's, who's passed away. And they're, they're kind of like angels. And they say, take my hand and lead me to salvation. Take my love, for love is everlasting. And remember the truth that once was spoken. To love another person is to see the face of God. And that's what Jesus says in his Gospels. Over and over again, Jesus talks about how important it is if we want to have a connection to the divine, that connection comes through our love for other people. The giver's life is not a natural life. Life is too hard for us to be givers. We always naturally become takers and judgers. So how is it possible? It's only possible if grace invades you and then you come to realize it. God's grace invaded Jean Valjean through the priest. And this is the Jesus story. You are far from perfect. Just like Jean Valjean. And yet God comes to you in love. And God gives you much grace. Just like the priest gave Jean Valjean grace. And so when you believe that, you say, look, I have been given so much grace by God, therefore I can give out so much grace to other people. You see how the, the story connects to your life? And that is what becomes the shaping story of the giver's life. The story is essential, and it is the better story. And so believe that story. Live that story. The story that says God loves you and God has extended love to you so that you can extend love to other people and let that story burn in the center of your mind and heart and being. That's how you become a giver. Life's too hard otherwise.